0: Second scripture reading for this morning, and the basis for this morning's chalk talk comes from Acts, um, beginning in the eighth chapter at the 26th verse. It is written. Later, God's angel spoke to Philip. At noon today, I want you to walk over to that desolate road that goes from Jerusalem down to Gaza. He got up and went. He met an Ethiopian eunuch coming down the road. Now the eunuch had been on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and was returning to Ethiopia, where he was a minister in charge of all the finances of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. He was riding in a chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. The spirit told Philip, climb into the chariot. So running up alongside, Philip heard the eunuch reading Isaiah and asked, do you understand what you're reading? He answered, how can I without some help? and invited Philip into the chariot with him. And the passage he was reading was this, as a sheep led to slaughter and quiet as a lamb being sheared, he was silent saying nothing. He was mocked and put down, never got a fair trial, but who can count his kin since he's been taken from the earth? The eunuch said, well, tell me, who is the prophet talking about himself or some other? And Philip grabbed his chance. Using this passage as his text, he preached Jesus to him. And as they continued down the road, they came to a stream of water, and the eunuch said, Well, here's water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down to the water, and Philip baptized him on the spot. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of God suddenly took Philip off, and that was the last the eunuch saw of him, but he didn't mind. He had what he'd come for and went on down the road as happy as he could be. And Philip showed up in Azotus and continued north, preaching his message in all the villages along that route until he arrived at Caesarea. And that is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, Lord, we've been good newsed but how little we act like it. We can't talk about the good news and be the bad news. We would be the true witnesses of the faith, remembering the words of Jesus, to lose your life is to find it. How many of the lost need us to lose ourselves that they might catch a glimpse of the living, breathing Christ in the midst of their personal pain? Open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. All right. I love this story. First of all, I think one of the most important things we have to know, and this will come up later again, so I want to say it right from the front. This story does not begin with Philip. It doesn't begin with the Ethiopian eunuch. It doesn't begin with Isaiah. It doesn't begin with baptism the story begins initiated by God from the very beginning this is a God thing and I think it's important to realize God sends a messenger an angel messenger to Philip and says get up and go it's not an invitation it's a direct order there's no explanation about where to or what he's supposed to do is just get up and go and really the implication is to go south Um, so Philip just gets up and goes now I think geography is important Michael I'm sorry to do this to you but I'm gonna draw (laughs) and it causes as much pain for me as it does for Michael Okay, so just to get an idea, up in this area somewhere is Galilee, Jordan comes out of it, dead seas down here, this is not to scale, um, <laughs> just avoiding all the communications at the end of the, the sermon, <laughs> roughly and about here is Jerusalem, north of Jerusalem is Samaria, which is where Philip starts. He's in Samaria at the beginning. There's a road called the Via Maris that came from north and south and branched out in different sea routes. This is Caesarea. This is where Philip winds up at the end of the story. Um, So, Jerusalem, roughly here. And then down here is Gaza. Um, which is right on the Via Maris, which was the old trade route. Um, really from the Bronze Age, it was a trade route that went into Egypt, very heavily traveled. This would be the north-south route that the Ethiopian eunuch would have taken from Jerusalem. Fate or God, however you want to look at this story, I prefer to thank God. But um, somehow when Philip comes south, the Ethiopian eunuch is here just at the exact time and they meet and they meet. So, let's think about this for a moment. Philip gets it, he goes south, does what he's supposed to do, and the first person that he comes across is an Ethiopian eunuch. Have you met any of those? (laughs) Have you met an Ethiopian eunuch? That's one of the most exotic people that could have been around, probably the most foreign person to Philip that it could possibly have been. And this is really important because in the book of Acts, this is the first person that's baptized and converted. It's an Ethiopian eunuch. So Philip meets this Ethiopian eunuch. Now, he represents a lot of things. You know, further down in Africa is, uh, well, we get through to Egypt and then we come further south. Way down here would be Ethiopia. Ethiopia, at the time, was the edge of the known world. Um, If you know anything about map-making, I love old maps. When old map-makers got to the edge of um, what was known, they would come up with sayings. I have one hanging in my office that I just love, and and it's really from Renaissance times, but it's, ''Beyond this place there be dragons''. (laughs) So it hangs right over my office door and we can talk about the theological significance of that some other time. But this represents the edge of the known world. So the Ethiopian eunuch would be an exotic person to them, wouldn't be seen all that much, and we learn a little bit more about who this Ethiopian eunuch really was. Now, a eunuch is a male who's been altered so he cannot have children. All right? So it presents a problem in Judaism and we're going to talk about that more in a couple minutes. Um, And I've got so many notes because I don't want to get down a rabbit trail. Um, So anyway, we've got this Ethiopian eunuch who meets up with Philip in Gaza. What do we know about this Ethiopian eunuch? I think this is really important. We will never ever know his name and I think that's a tragedy. But we know this, And I've got a list, so I want to make sure I get the whole list. As an Ethiopian, he speaks both Cushitic and Aramaic. Aramaic was the language of Jesus. It's pretty much a dead language now, but he spoke those two things just by being an Ethiopian. Two, As a high-placed official with finances, trade, and politics, he was the financial minister for the Queen Candace. Um, It's all but certain that he probably also both knew Greek and Latin. This is not just an Ethiopian eunuch. This is a very special person. We're told that he's reading from the scroll of Isaiah. That means he reads Hebrew. Four. If he can read Hebrew, it's also a safe bet that he can read Cushitic and Aramaic as well. So this is a highly educated Ethiopian eunuch. This is the first person that Philip gets sent to by God. You talk about somebody who could intimidate you, I think it would be this person. But Philip is not intimidated at all. He jumps into the chariot and he says, Okay, um, do you understand what you're reading? To which this educated man says, How can I unless someone explains it to me? And Philip hears that as the call of God on him to explain it to this person now we also need to know and I shouldn't have erased my map but you get an idea of how far away that was this man took a pilgrimage from Ethiopia all the way to Jerusalem he's not on business this represents about 1500 miles so in a chariot from Ethiopia all the way to Jerusalem and what did he want to do He wanted to worship in the temple. He's a God-fearer. Here's the bad news: could he do this? No. As a eunuch, he would have traveled these 1,500 miles, got all the way to Jerusalem just to worship in the temple, and would have been denied entry. He couldn't get in. Talk about an outsider. He could not get in. So, what does he do? Well, he probably looked around at all the marble that he could see, smelled the odors of the sacrifice, um, saw the smoke rising, the whole nine yards. He couldn't participate himself, so somewhere along there, he wound up with a scroll of Isaiah. This is a treasure. it would have cost him a small fortune. The scrolls at that time were written by scholars, often had artwork accompanying the scroll. For him to wind up with this in his hands would have cost him dollars. And he's reading it. So as he reads it, Philip says, do you understand it, this person who was denied entry? His chariot driver, his livery people, everybody who was with him would have been allowed to go into the temple. He would not have been allowed. So, he's bouncing along in his chariot, reading like a sheep he is led to the slaughter. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. He asks him, who is this person talking about? Because guess what? It's really him. He can identify with this person, right? Someone who's been harmed and humiliated. And that's when Philip just poured out the story of Jesus. He told this man who'd been barred from the temple that all are welcome at Christ's table. And he tells of baptism and how the waters of baptism provide healing and equalizing to all who partake of them. So as the story of Jesus pours out of Philip, it fills this eunuch's heart. And he sees some water on the travel. He said, look, there's some water. Is there anything preventing me from being baptized? And Philip says, no, nothing at all. Not one thing. In the waters of baptism, there is neither Jew or Gentile, slave or free, royalty or commoner, male or female, eunuch or non-eunuch, these waters bind us much thicker than blood. They wash away wounds and make us whole. They make us clean. They make us one. Now back to the beginning. Who wrote this story? God. You remember who set this encounter in motion? You remember who orchestrated this meeting, supplied water at just the right moment? It's all God. If we hold that that's true, then listen to this this morning. That means that God is the great author of diversity and hospitality, in welcome and kindness, equality and unity, that, lets, that gets at the heart and center of our Christianity. It wasn't Philip's idea to go evangelize an Ethiopian eunuch, nor was it Moses' idea to go and free slaves. It was all God, and it is pure grace. So in closing, lest you might be thinking, sitting there thinking, why does it even matter? This is a reading from Abba Salama, who was the first bishop of Ethiopia, about 1300 AD. This is what he wrote. The introduction of Christianity into Ethiopia took place in the beginnings of the first century, AD 34, Just about four months after the death and resurrection of the Christ, when Saint Philip baptized the Ethiopian eunuch when he was returning from Jerusalem, as it was narrated in the Acts of the Apostles, the history of Saint Philip baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch is of great significance. Upon his return, he preached the doctrine of Christ among his countrymen. He was the first to bring the good news Although he was not called an apostle as he deserved, Eusebius speaks of him as the first fruit of the faithful in the whole world. The eunuch baptized Queen Candace in the first century AD. And since then, Ethiopia has been ruled by Christians. The Ethiopian eunuch had millions of Christian offspring, and from one as good as dead. So when we hear this story... Thanks be to God that Philip listened to the spirits leading, that he went and baptized the Ethiopian eunuch, that the eunuch was open to listen, that the waters of baptism are readily available to each and every one of us, and that God's hand indeed runs through our stories from beginning to end. We just sometimes need to stop and recognize it. I think that's all i got to say. Anybody have any questions? Anything I want to say? Thanks for listening.